After a massive weekend of finals. Cracking finals. It is one of the great finals goals. You need a little recovery. Take over, I'm knackered. And Triple M footy has just the thing. So why not get in on the act? This is Triple M footy Sunday recovery. There's a certain amount of rat bag in this room. He's up and about now. For Ray Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M rocks finals footy. Yes, welcome to the Sunday recovery, of course. We've got an exciting week ahead. So the build-up. The two massive preliminary finals. It's on Friday night, Collingwood versus the GWS Giants. And then on Saturday, 5.15, Brisbane Lions versus the Juggernaut, the Carlton Football Club. And who better to talk about the Mighty Blues and the massive game we got on Friday night than this man. He did it so spectacularly well for two clubs, Collingwood and Carlton. It's Dale Thomas. Good morning to you, Dale. Yeah, good morning to you, Jay-Z. I love this time of year. We all know that. But I also love the fact that everybody is ridiculously busy. Mm. We went on air, what, 30 seconds ago now, and yes. you were fielding a call in another room from yep. a pie star, I believe. Yeah, about 11 seconds before yeah, we went on air. Just 11 seconds. Daisy. And Nate Jones, who's also really busy, who will be joining us <laughs> to talk all things Melbourne, Ron Barassi as well. Uh, he just hasn't quite made it in yet. He's been stuck in the lifts. He only usually goes up the listener end, so yep. he's got a little bit lost. So he'll be with us in a moment, but for now it's just you and me chewing the fat. One of the toughest hombres to ever walk onto a football Ooh. field, Nathan Jones. So Fair's got steam coming out of his ears for this one. That will be interesting. But let's get into last night's result. It was the GWS Giants pretty comfortably in the end over Port Adelaide Football Club, Daisy. So it sets up a ripping preliminary final on Friday night against the Pies and the Giants. First up, do you think the Giants have any chance of upsetting the the uh, the premiership favourite on their own deck oh. at a packed-out MCG? That orange tsunami, that running game, could it rattle the Magpies? I think the way they play, they certainly give themselves every chance to score. But the good thing is, if you're a Pies fan, you'll be given chances to score the other ways as well. So it is a bit of a like-for-like like in that regard. The Giants at the moment, they're the informed team of the comp. From yeah. the back, back half of the season, went 9-11... Uh, nine from 11 going into the finals. And now they've just been absolutely dominant and uh, should have put Port away a lot earlier last night. Watching that one, there was a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, 13 goals, 15 they mm. kicked. So a lot of those were gettable opportunities, but they gave Port a touch-up. And as we expected, it was going to be around the defence where Port were questioned, which they were again. Jesse Hogan kicking 4-4, Riccardi having a couple of looks. But uh, not, I guess, surprising from what we saw in the first week of finals, Port B Brisbane, when Brisbane got them around the footy, mm. they got smacked around the footy again last night, and that's generally their one wood. So that's a point of concern if I'm Port Adelaide. It was the Giants. 13 goals, 15, 93, as you say. 23-point winners over Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. The power, 9, 16, 70. So 23-point semi-final victory to the GWS Giants. I thought they gave them an absolute lesson in the midfield. And the GWS Giants, who we know have got real talent in there, they've got Tom Green, they know they've got Josh Kelly, they know, we know they've got Lockie Whitfield, etc. All the build-up had sort of been about Port's midfield, Rosie, Butters, yep. Jason Horn, francis I thought it was an absolute demolition in there. It was, a genuine bloodbath. Plus 21 in the hit-outs for the Giants, plus 16 clearance, plus 19 contested footy, and plus 74 uncontested footy. So they were hard, they were tough on the inside but their spread and work rate and ball use on the outside was first rate and Port Adelaide had no answers. So just goes to show, we know that Port Adelaide focusing on trying to get a key defender and also a ruckman, that becomes paramount now because when they don't have it, you get results like that in big games. When the big games come, your deficiencies uh, shine out and stand out and that's what's happened again. 
Look who's wandered in. As we say hello to this oh. man, as I said, one of the toughest hombres to ever get on a football field, Nathan Jones. Now, were you just stuck in a lift then, Jonesy? Is that, were you trapped in an elevator? What just happened? Uh, well, I was running a bit late, I'll be honest. I, um, <laughs> I sort of just moseyed on out of the house, uh, sorted the four kids, and then I got onto Beach Road and obviously a beautiful day in Melbourne. Mm. I hadn't accounted for the beach traffic mm. and a couple of detours, so I apologise. <laughs> no, that's all right, it's mate. It's great to have you here. <laughs> and I love your honesty too. <laughs> Would have blamed somebody else. Oh, uh, yeah, no, nah, that's all right. That's what happens when you've got four kids, mate. I, no excuses. It's a juggling act, that's for sure. Uh, Jonesy, hey, Friday night, Collingwood versus the GWS Giants. How impressed were you by the Giants? And you look at the, the talent that stacks up in this midfield battle because you've got Collingwood, Nick, Nick Dacos coming back in, Jordan Dugowie. But on the flip side of that coin, as I said, Green, Cali, Whitfield, Canelio, mm-hmm. do, you, do you feel like – who's got the edge in that in that midfield, midfield battle? I feel like that's very going to be very evenly poised. Oh, absolutely. I think um, – I've been a fan of GWS from obviously since they got on their run. I, was, I, was, uh, I did a game where they beat Melbourne up in Alice Springs and you could just see what was happening. They weren't 100% to where they're at now, but they're the team that has continued to week on week just find a little level of improvement and mm. that's always – I think that's the one thing to look for if you can continually grow throughout the year and they've hit their straps, everyone in form. I think the, obviously, Cornelio not playing last week, you see the addition of him last mm. night just adds a whole new layer of depth. I felt like they were dangerous up forward. Um, I love the performance of Jesse Hogan. Bit of irony there considering Melbourne struggled without um, a key forward on the, on the, in their game and he bobs up and kicks, kicks what he has eight shots, kicks four, four. Yeah. So, um, no, I really like them. I actually, I think they're a real smoky. I think they can absolutely get the job done. It's a 50-50 line ball game. Yeah, when you look across all the lines, they match up really well, obviously. Toby Green up forward. He probably Isaac Quainer or Maynard goes to he. You've got Jesse Hogan, so Darcy Moore. Go up the other end with the Pies. Majacek probably gets a Taylor or a Buckley. So they've got uh, lots of options both sides, and that shapes for an absolute cracking contest. Just the only concern is how beaten up the GWS Giants are, mm. not, not in terms of actual injuries, but just the, doing it the longer way, coming up against a fresher Collingwood side. Jeez, they've done it on the road magnificently this season. Like The MCG won't have any, hold any fears for them whatsoever. You know what we're going to get on Friday night? I think we're going to get the best matchup in footy. Braden Maynard, who was a bit, who has got a bit of the Nathan Jones about <laughs> him. He's got the mad stares yeah. that you've got, uh, Jonesy versus Toby Green, who uh, I think he's gone from public en- enemy number one in football to just about one of the most admired uh, guys uh, in the league. So Maynard versus Green, what a heavyweight matchup this is going to be, Jonesy. Oh, it's an absolute cracker. I think that's what has to be done. I think the Pies have to get after him. He's obviously the barometer. I think the the level he's gone to since assuming the captaincy. Mm. He, you can sense he understands the role he has to play and the influence he has on the group. And, you know, it's almost like he's taken a bit of a step back from the the actions that we saw previously. The and, cheeky smile yeah, absolutely. Stuff. And, and just, just taken it upon, his, upon himself, which you love. And I think that's what's drawn everyone to him because he's honest mm. and he's a special, special talent. Yep. And he's coupled that with his ability to be able to lead and inspire his teammates. It's um like I sit back and you admire him so much. Yeah, he's done it just being himself the whole way through. And he's been able to learn, as you say, he knew that he was stuffing up a little bit. But to turn that around to an all-Australian captaincy position is absolutely huge. Uh, I don't know. Do you reckon Maynard is the matchup or do they go with Aquina? Mm. Yeah. I, I, if it was me, I'd, I'd put the responsibility on someone like Maynard for yep. sure. I think... 
the impact he can have. You saw last night, like, well, he has three shots in the first quarter, kicks a couple. Yeah. Like, I, I think, as I said before, from a barometer's perspective, yep. like, he'll really get them going. Like, that, yep. you know, they'll get supply because their midfield group has the depth and the quality, and he's the guy that will be able to grab it by the scruff of the neck and, right. and put pressure on, scoreboard pressure on, and he loves to grab hold of those moments and take it upon himself. So I think the responsibility of someone senior like Maynard to mm. to get in, ruffle the feathers, and just squash him out of the game, I think that's a priority. Maynard will walk straight into Craig McRae's office and he will say, oh, I want the matchup. i got no doubt about that as vice-captain. Daisy Thomas, what is that football spotlight like? Right, You did it. I, I feel like you love the moment, the pressure and expectation of the moment – I imagine can crush players, right? You play, I haven't played in front of 95,000. You, you two have. Or you can really lift. What is it like? And Toby Green feels like he really loves that that spotlight. What is it like walking into that in front of a packed MCG in a do-or-die game? I feel like you, you relish that. Yeah, that especially early part of my career when I knew I could do all the tricks without my body failing me. But I was someone who walked into those games going, right, this is everything you've ever dreamed of. As a young kid, you wanted to be on the MCG. You wanted to be kicking goals, taking hangers in front of 95,000. Instead of going away from it, I just sit there, look around and go, this is it. This is everything you've worked for in oh, your lifetime is to go out here today and put on a show and have fun. If it doesn't go you know, to plan or it doesn't follow the script, no worries, you're still living it out. And thankfully, more often than not, that resulted in better performances and just embracing it. You took hangers and kicked goals from the boundary line <laughs> that other blokes couldn't do, Daisy. That's what happened. Flip side of the coin, um, Jonesy, you captain the Melbourne Football Club. It's been a tough 24 hours for everyone connected with Melbourne. They've failed on the big stage. They've done it four times in a row. What, what's your, what was your reaction to that performance? Because... It's a familiar heartbreak now for the Melbourne Football Club over two years. And the big question is, after winning the flag in 2021, are they wasting the talent on their list? What was your take? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, to some degree time is running out, right? Like they're well and truly in the window. They're giving themselves the opportunity the last couple of years. But um, I think what we've seen is a, is a common theme, whether that's ball movement, execution inside 50, efficiency in front of goal, that's been the question mark. Mm. And it's been the question mark for a couple of years now. Cost them, in particular, cost them the last couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to have to have a big um, a big off-season in terms of just reshuffling. I think what we have missed a little bit this year is just a lack of continuity they've had with that group up forward. And that plays a big part, right? Like the inconsistency of some of those key guys, you know, Fritch misses a big amount of footy. Clayton Oliver misses a big amount of footy. Tom McDonald, the same. Eddie. Um, you know, and Cosie's sort of been in and out of the team with form. And, and so from a forward line perspective, you know, they're super well um, drilled in that back half and that midfield group. They've, had, they've played a lot of footy together in the last three or four years, but they haven't been able to find the right mix and get them on the park since the grand final for that forward line. So... That's the biggest issue for yeah. mine. The, and another question mark would just be the mental side of things, right? right. Like you, it did. Would could could scar you? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's my worry, right? Like they are, they have to really reset and and take a lot of the positives out of the year, and like to to make it to a um to where they have finished two years in a row in the top four. That that in itself is a tick. Mm. Um, and then the next layer of that is the luck that's required to actually win a premiership, even just make it to grand final day. Can be brutal. Is a whole is a whole another kettle of fish. So, I think they have to keep it in perspective. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily say the window's closed on them, but yeah. their time will run out. That's for sure. And and they'd want to capitalise on that. You know, just speaking to Maxi um, via text over the last couple of days, he's like, we've got to get our stuff together because yeah. um, 
you know, he, he starts to progress and he's, he becomes a little bit older and mm. Petrarca and Oliver. And then where's that next layer of talent? So, mm. you know, I think they've got some, uh, some areas to fill, but I wouldn't say, you know, their time's up. And around that, I, I think this stretches beyond the 22 players of the squad of 40, right? Because I thought the Shacky sub or non-sub was, was really strange at best. Would have played Michael Hibbard. He would have put Sammy Doherty in that final minute contest in the row Z. I've got no doubt about that. Judd McVie missed him, didn't take the body. They kicked the goal. Blake Akers is there, right? That is that is heartbreaking, I know, and a tough lesson for a, for a young player. Shaggy was in the side purely as a backup for Max, though. Mm. So Max went in with that toe injury that we all knew about. So it's the right call? or uh, I'm completely fine with it. He was it would have been there, if obviously, if someone went down with injury but yep. wasn't required, or if Max couldn't quite run out the game if he got a, a calf as a result of the toe not working or yep. whatever it may be. So i got no issue with that. Yep. I just think they need to go away, find themselves a key forward, which is easier said than done. Yep. Because to make it back-to-back times in the top four, give yourself a double chance, and they've been this far away from both of them. Could mm. have easily won through to a prelim this year. Could have easily uh, rolled the blues if they had it kicked well the other night. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's there. It's this far away. But the forward line is the one where you get – a big power forward who can kick you two or three goals or just take the presence of, as like a Charlie Kerno did on the weekend. Mm. But the ball coming to ground then means your smalls can get to work and that's the little bit at the minute that they are missing, which is the difference between being out in straight sets or looking forward to a prelim. The missed opportunity. Sorry, Jonesy, the, the posters. Oh. Max Gorn's Oh, missed. everything. Fridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, like they had enough opportunities. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And I think the other night ultimately was – really down to accuracy. I think they made some adjustments from the week before that you could see they wanted to get the ball in motion and yeah. take it off the line, and which I, I felt like that was a really positive outlook. But you look at, you know, Van Royen's probably the guy that they're going to rely on, you know, couple that with Fritch. You add Brayshaw back in the mix and mm. you get a bit more of Petrarca back up in the forward line rather than having to need him through the middle of the ground. So, you know, as I said, it, it comes down to a lot of luck. Like Van Ruin misses mm. with the suspension, Brayshaw out with the concussion. They're two really pivotal guys that really change the dynamic of how they could play and, and what levers they can pull during the game. And not only that, it's if uh, Viney's kick goes half a metre over oh. Wietering's head, they had the forward out and it would have just been touched out of bounds. If McVie had have come across and taken the body of Sammy Doherty, it probably all plays out completely different. So this is a two-point loss. Mm with the result was well and truly within their grasp, but they just couldn't quite close it out. We'll get to the Blues in a second later in the show. They're obviously a huge chance up against uh, Brisbane at the Gabba. The Brody grundy trade, just want to speak on that quickly. What, what was your gut feel early on, Jonesy? I think there were, there were some people out there who scratched their head. Why does Melbourne need another A-grade ruck when they've already got one? What they need is a key forward. Spoke to Jake Lever in the rooms after the loss. He said, we're not going to stand in Brody Grundy's way. If he wants to leave, I think that's fair enough, given his standing in the game and what he's achieved already. What's your take on the Brody Grundy situation? Um, I, I was probably one that scratched my head early days, thinking I'm not sure how this would work. Um, only for the fact that I know the type of player that Max is. You know, he's a an endurance animal, generally grinds out games and really performs in that last quarter and a half. That's where mm. he comes to the fore. As the number one As guy. As the number one guy. And and that that position in itself, the ruck, is like the last kind of one v one duel where you can utilize that level of strength that Max has with mm. his running power and his and his ability to co- compete in the contest. But yeah, and I, and I, but I could also understand the the rationale of well, if we could get this to work, this could be could be something that other teams don't have. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately you test it, and I think it was a courageous call during the year to call it. 
Um, I would have probably liked to have seen that sooner, but mm, mm. it is what it is. And I think the club and Brody will come to sort of an agreement at some point and he'll move on. And yeah, it, um, there was no harm in trying. No doubt they were thinking about the Jackson, obviously the position they found themselves in after him requesting to leave. Because 2021, that grand final flipped on its head mm. when Jackson was actually in the ruck there in that yeah. third quarter. So if you're looking at that and you're a recruiter, you're going, well, if he's gone, who's going to support Max? Maybe they should have waited 12 months to see if they could have done without it, but they didn't. And now this is what happens. And it seems like everyone's being very mature about it and onwards and upwards. Luke Jackson could be the next best ruckman in the game, along with 10 English for the next 10 years. So he would have been uh, very handy for the Melbourne Football Club. There is no doubt about that. We've got to take a break. We're going to speak to GWS giant Toby Bedford. What a year he has had. He's a crucial part of that orange tsunami, that forward pressure. So going to try and take it up to Collingwood in Friday night's preliminary final. We're also going to speak about Carlton, the role they're on. They'll try and upset the Lions at the Gabba on Saturday night. Plenty coming up on the Sunday Recoverage. Jay Clark, Dale Thomas, and more of Nathan Jones coming up soon. This is Triple M Footy's Sunday Recovery. For Reed Hot Water at McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Yes, Triple M Rocks finals, footy, of course it does. We do our best work in September. And this is the Sunday Recovery with Jay Clark, Dale Thomas, and Nathan Jones. It was a sad day yesterday, fellas, as we mourn the passing of one of the biggest, greatest, most revered figures in the history of the AFL. It's the legend, Ron Barassi, who sadly passed away uh, beside his family, aged 87, just an extraordinary character, six-time premiership player, of course, at Melbourne, went to Carlton, became a four-time premiership coach, as I said, an absolute giant of the game, changed the game. Remember the 1970 uh, grand final, Carlton trailed Collingwood by 44 points, and Daisy said, Jonesy, handball, 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 take it on. And, of course, they, they uh, come back to win the premiership, revered as one of the greatest comebacks in football history he made the big trade, of course, from Melbourne to Carlton in an era when that just didn't happen. With that, that's commonplace now, but back then it uh, it certainly changed the game. You know him uh, closely, Jonesy, from your time at Melbourne. We're going to talk to you uh, about him in one second. But as we say, uh, valet to Ron Barassi. This is the great man. But saying to you, it's only a game, is no, it? No, no. Uh, what's yeah? You know, it just is not on because of all the people's efforts. I really can't understand. Barassi goes for a run with the ball. I really like Ron Barassi. Very fair. Put my head into a locker once in a grand final. Healy off. Ellingworth on. Bloody weakest piss. Often premiers are won, you know, just by pure desperation, nothing else. Boundary line kicked off the ground again by Barassi. He's on the carpet once again. I'll never forget, uh, he got up there and he said that night, he said, I want your bodies for one more week. He said, no, I'll promise you a premiership. And, uh, it was good stuff. Now, Jack, you've got the 31. Uh, did you ask for it? No, no, I didn't. Uh, Why not? <laughs> <laughs> when he switched to Carlton as captain coach, Melbourne fans considered it high treason. It's a far, almost a far finer thing to make your loyalty portable. No matter who, whom I play for, I, I give everything for that uh, for the Guernsey. Whether it be Melbourne, whether it be Carlton, whether it be Menangatang Thirds. And if perchance, uh, for whatever reason, uh, next year you're there, you do the same thing. 
It's just the way I think that everyone should play football and certainly the way that I play. Left an incredible legacy right across the game. His uh, loss has felt right across the country today as we remember Ron Barassi. Jonesy obviously spent a bit of time with him at the Melbourne Football Club. A legend of the game. What are your memories? Oh, he's just an absolute icon, really. Um, I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time here and there with him and, uh, you know, obviously getting a little bit older in more recent times. He was... Um, he was sort of struggling with a few health complications here and there, but he always brought such an incredible sort of energy to the room. Like, um, you know, he's synonymous with the most successful period in Melbourne's history through the 50s and 60s. And, um, and you know, I got to sort of touch base with him when we after we won the premiership in 2021 and he was just... Um, Would have been special. Yeah, he was just ecstatic, really. I remember, you know, doing a photo on the MCG with all sort of previous captains and obviously Max holding the 2021 premiership and Ron holding the 64 premiership, which, you know, that was a moment I'll sort of never forget. And, um, you know, we've obviously lost an icon of the game and an ornament of the Melbourne Football Club in particular. And, um, you know, your thoughts go out to his family and, and friends and those that were that knew him well and were super close to him. And Daisy did it for Carlton as well. This is the thing, not just the legend of the Melbourne Football Club, but uh, right right across the game. And the big trade back in the time when the, this didn't happen, um, you know, we we, uh, we remember him fondly. Yeah, 1965 went across as a captain coach at that point in time. And then, of course, uh, 1968-1970, good enough to coach the Blues to premierships. Mm. Uh, we use the term champion and AFL great and icons pretty loosely at times, but this is a bloke who sits comfortably with that, if not in higher regard. And in the small dealings I had with him, every now and then you're around someone and they walk into a room and you might have your back turned. You can feel the energy change in the room. They presence. just have this presence about them mm. and you sort of, oh, Absolutely, and, and you do. I oh, just get a little bit nervous and awkward in and around, you know, Mr. Verassi or, or Ron. So um, I love the fact that the way the celebration has come from so many people within the footballing world, yep. the iconic moments he was a part of as a player, and, geez, he was ripped, even though the black and white footage, he had proper pythons <laughs> back then, and the sprays that he gave. Mm. You could tell about the passion he had, the care also, and he talked a lot about that, about being one of the first sort of managers rather than a coach, mm. hitting players on different levels and some of those sprays are iconic. Weak as piss. You just <laughs> you just got to love the, the way they went about it and, you know, it's the one of the greatest CVs of all time. You, you are, of course, played for the great uh, Mick, Mick Malthouse. What is that bond like? Um, and Jonesy yourself as well, what is it like when you're all in for the coach? Like that, the, the connection and the bond must be so special. You, you're doing everything for these guys when, when they've got you in the, in the palm of their hands. Like the, the players talk about with Ron Barassi, you know, they were all in for him. That's when you know you're certainly on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's like this connection, right? Like it's a, it's a friendship, it's a care, it's a love and, and you just sense it, right? Mm. It's like a sort of, if you were to relate it to anything, like being in a footy club, you sort of have your old man and then the coach is, if he's doing a bloody good job, he's the father figure of the group. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the that's the level of relationship and connection and that's where you I think you can, um, if they're very good at sort of tapping into the emotional side of things, you yeah. know, like Ron, yeah. you know, he just finds the trigger to, to inspire you and um, and lift you in a, in a moment of need or a moment of... Um, uh, to get the best out yeah, of you and push uh, the button. yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a 
Well, that's the magic of coaching, really. Like the best of the best can do that, and and Ron was certainly one of them. You had that with Mick Daisy. Yeah, it's it's really well summed up. It is like a father figure, but also the respect you have. So if you do get challenged, it almost hurts you more. You're like, right, geez, I've let you down in this moment. You know, I, I want to be better for the team, and I'm letting the team down. And a bit like you know, if, if you're rocking around with your old man, you expect them to be challenged about certain areas, but also the reward you get when you know you've done a good job and the coach is happy and, you know, you get the pat on the backside. It's just those little things. But it is – it's all built because of the relationship and the two-way respect. You know you're getting challenged. You want it to be harsh but fair, which it was at all times. And it might come with a stick first, but generally it came with a hug after it. Not many uh, people command eight-page wraparounds in the Sunday Herald Sun. And it's probably ten too short if we're being completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> that's your paper. Good. Take it up with them. Every day for the next week, they're on Barassi, the stories. State but, funeral as well, which is – Unbelievable which, and fitting. Which will be significant. Will we name the Premiership Cup after in the Ron Barassi Cup? I think that would be an ab- absolutely fitting tribute. So we remember Ron Barassi. Next, we have coming up Toby Bedford, an old mate of yours, Jonesy, at Melbourne, doing incredible things for the GWS Giants as the Orange Tsunami rolls on into the preliminary final against Collingwood on Friday night at the MCG. Should be an absolute beauty. It's Toby Bedford coming up next on the Sunday, Sunday Recovery. Triple M rocks finals football. This is Triple M Footy Sunday Recovery. For Reem Hot Water at McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Yes, Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Welcome back to the Sunday Recovery with Jay Clark, Dale Thomas, and Nathan Jones. Now, the GWS Giants, 23 point winners over Port Adelaide last night, progressed through to a preliminary final against Collingwood. It's going to be a sold out MCG. I can't wait for that. And one man who is so crucial to that GWS pressure, the Orange Tsunami, is Toby Bedford, formerly of Melbourne with Nathan Jones. He joins us today. Thanks so much for your time, Toby. No worries, guys. No worries. Good to be here. Oh, it was a brilliant performance last night, particularly an old school whipping in the midfield. Afterwards, there was incredible scenes with your family and friends. You come from nowhere in a sense. I think you won three games out of your first 10, but uh, certainly you've got all the momentum. It must be a pretty special feeling inside that GWS uh, bubble at the moment. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, you know, we're just kind of riding the momentum at the moment, but yeah, we, uh, we're just believing in how we're playing and... Um, yeah, like you said, we have our family and friends there each week, and um, I guess we're just loving playing for each other at the moment. And you know, it's it's proven with the results. Young players obviously require a mentor at times, and I hear at the D's you had a pretty good father figure following you around. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm we talking, not, I don't know what we're referring we're, to. Though. We're talking to the man in studios, Nate Jones. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he was unreal with me. Um, you know, especially in my last year or his last year. He's played a lot of uh, footy together in the VFL and, you know, he just installed a lot of confidence in that, um, how I can play. And no, I, I love that man to death and, um, yeah, I was so honoured to play. I'll have a few years with him. Thanks, Tobes. Thanks for the kind words, mate. No worries, brother. How are you? I'm well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very well. <laughs> very well. <laughs> what about your role, mate? It's nice to uh, finally see you cement yourself. Obviously made the decision to go up to the to the Giants and you've cemented yourself a spot last year playing 10 times as a sub, but this year, obviously, um, getting an opportunity. How much are you enjoying that? Has your role changed too much? Yeah, loving it. Obviously, um, pretty hard decision to leave in the first place. Obviously, been quite quite tight with most of the boys, but to get up there and them just embracing the way they have um, and just install the confidence, like similar to yourself in that last year, just to, for me to go out there and play with speed and play, the role, uh, play my role and, you know, be all right with making mistakes, but just also just trying to bring, bring my strength. So 
no, I'm loving it. Um, yeah, and like I said, the boys have been great. It seems the way that Kingers has got you blokes setting up, it really suits your game. Yourself, Brent Daniels down there, Toby Green, you seem to get really high up the ground and then almost make it a foot race back towards goal. And when in doing that, you get to put that electric pace on show. Yeah, well, I, I guess it just, it, yeah, like I said, it just ties into our, our role in the team. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of um, base our game on defence and um, that's just one of the things we have to do. We have to get up there and try and help our defenders as much as we can. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess it allows us to, reset and then use our speed on the way back. And Toby, what about the game on Friday night? Obviously, you'll, you'll start the underdogs and you'll come to the MCG where you'll confront probably 80,000 screaming more. crazy Magpie fans. More. But, but you guys, yeah, more, you're right, Daisy. But um, you guys have got it done on the road all season long. What What is it? Why are you, how have you guys been able to get to be so successful on the road? And what do you think it'll be like walking out into the MCG against um, the black and white stripes on Friday night? Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to um, put into like oh, put into you know summarise to be honest. Um, you know, obviously it's my first year at the club, but I guess it's just something. You know, we have a, quite a small supporter base, so we're just trying to build off each other and um, you know ride each other's energy um, and yeah, build on each other's momentum. So I guess we don't really focus too much on the crowd, and um, you know I think it's going to be a bit different when you got ninety thousand Collingwood fans who we know can be pretty vocal. Um, but you know we'll just we'll just embrace it and then um, you know try and. Play our, play, our, play our brand and hopefully get the win. Speaking of providing a bit of energy, your mum was good on camera last night when she joined you for the Fox footy interview with Eddie Betts. It was uh, incredible stuff. What were you thinking, mate, when your mum sort of crashed your interview? Uh, look, I, she probably had a bit too many bubbles uh, <laughs> during the game, but no, nah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all yeah, it's a bit funny. So um, it'll be funny to see how she's, what her thoughts of it today because the video's rolling around a bit on social media. My family's been sending it everywhere, so... Um, should probably be a bit embarrassed, but that's all right. Well, if uh, if you have missed it, let's just have a little snip of it, please, Zoe. <laughs> proud of your son? Proud oh, of your son. I, I could not be prouder. I am just like giants. The Green Army's coming. Every the Orange other, Army. The Orange, Orange Army. Army better watch out. You know what? I say green. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, you can tell her for sure that she had a few much to drink, but that's all right. She'll have a sore head today. She would for sure. What about your coach, Adam Kingsley? He's been absolutely fantastic from the outside watching how he conducts himself. What was his message to you when you got in the sheds last night after a famous victory? How do you go about that? Yeah, um, well, obviously, it's, you know, each week we just, um, you know, we're, we're celebrating our wins um, and just trying to enjoy that moment. But, we're also just trying to reset, and obviously, you know, it's Friday night this week, six-day turnaround. So, um, you know, he, he's installing a lot of confidence in us that we can beat anyone anywhere. Um, and you know, he, we've proven that in the last, you know, you know, two months or so. Um, and yeah, he just he just kind of reinforced that we need to recover up and get ready to go on you know the MCG biggest stage AFL footy. So, you know, we're pretty excited for it. What does that look like, Tobes? Six-day break, maybe some would consider a disadvantage. How do you how do you do it? Do you fly back up to Sydney? When's training? When do you come back down? Yeah, so we'll um, fly back today. Um, the boys already left, but I'm just spending a bit of time with my fam, um, seeing my mum and see how she is. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll go back up. We'll um, you know have training tomorrow, um, and then uh, you know it'll be more about recovery this week and just making sure that we're ready to go as well as our game plan. You know, we'll spend a lot of time looking at Collingwood. Um, they touched us up the, the only time we played them this year, but um, we really learned from our losses um, 
you know, every team we've played twice this year, um, we've beaten them every we've beaten them every single time, second time around. So, um, yeah, we've learned from a lot. So we'll look at them a fair bit this week, and yeah, like I said, just focus on recovery. We're speaking to GWS giant uh, Toby Bedford. Before we let you go, Toby, did you watch the footy on Friday night? Clearly, you've got a lot of special connections and friendships at the Demons. Still, what was it uh, like watching that? You must have been gutted for a lot of your old mates. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, it, yeah, like I said, it was a pretty hard decision to move up when I when I did. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a bit sad seeing them um, lose that game. And to be honest, I was kind of hoping in my perfect world is that we'd we'd meet on the GM Grand Final day. Um, I see them, but. Yeah, unfortunately that didn't happen, but you know, I'm still in contact with a lot of them. And, um, yeah, no, nah, upset for him, but you know, I'm pretty happy that we're still in. Well, it means that Bobby Hill is going to take on his old GWS mates on Friday night, so there will, that will be a big night for him. Toby, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time today, mate, and absolutely all the best. We'll be cheering for you on Friday night. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. That's Toby Bedford, former Demon. Going well, Jones, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, ooh, it's a toss of a coin. They had a plethora of that type of player, but you know, I always knew if he got the opportunity, mm. he could have an impact at AFL level. So I'm just wrapped to see it. Mm. Like he was, um, like I said, I played a bit of footy with him in my last season, and he was toiling away in the VFL. Has has some terrific attributes, and now he's able to put them on show in a game style that really suits the way he wants to play as well. He's an exciting player. There's no doubt about that, right? Blues fans, you've been patient. We're going to get right around Michael Voss's men. Coming up uh, in a second, it's Nathan Jones, Dale Thomas, Jay Clark on the Sunday Recovery Triple M Rocks Finals Football. This is Triple M Footy Sunday Recovery for Reef Hot Water at McDonald's. Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Triple M Rocks, finals footy. Welcome back to the Sunday Recovery with Jake Clark, Nathan Jones, and the superstar from Carlton Collingwood. Jeez, won't Dale Thomas have a busy week in grand final week of days if it's a Carlton versus Collingwood? You're going to be let's, a wanted man. Let's not count our chickens just yet, Jake. <laughs> you're, counting, you're counting something. You're counting something dollars, that's for sure. I'll be buying chickens with them <laughs> of the Kentucky Fried variety. Uh, no, look. It's shaping up to be an unbelievable week of prelim finals. Obviously, the Blues getting it done in dramatic fashion. Yep. And was it dramatic? The Ds, as we touched on off the top, had every chance to win that one. I love the fact that Carlton have learned their lessons from last year. Lost to Melbourne in the second last round, which cost them a guarantee. And then against the Pies, it came down to a last kick from Jamie Elliott. This time, this side has done it a couple of times now where they've held on close, but they had to do it in a different fashion this time. When Weering took that intercept mark, he didn't look anywhere but to the open side, and thankfully there was a man in Ollie Hollands who'd just come on running for him. He didn't waste a minute. He kicked it to Doherty. Should it have been maybe a touch more in front of him? Yes, but he got away with it. And then Akers just rolled the dice. That's what you've got to do. You've got to be willing to almost lose the game uh, to take it up to winning it. Akers didn't move. He didn't empty it out. He just thought, bugger it. If we win it, I'll be here on turnover. And thankfully for Blues fans, he was on the line. Maybe if you had the perfect world, he goes back and ices the clock for 30 seconds, but then the pressure builds. Booted it through, nearly hit the post, and she's game over. What are you, the resilience of the Carlton Footy Club, Jones? I mean, you experienced it all at Melbourne, the highs, the lows. You were there for all of it. So mid-season, they're under the pump, aren't they? What are they, 14th on the ladder, 15th on the ladder? They go down to Ed Kerno's place and do a skinny dip in his dam. They get around the fire, have a couple of beers and a, a bit of a soul-searching session, and now they go on this run. You feel like there's, you know, something special, special building for Carlton. And even on Friday night... You know, they were down and hung in and come back. Feels like it's um yeah, you know, just something brewing there. Absolutely, yeah. I um I've loved watching it. It's really reminded me Melbourne in two thousand and eighteen went on a similar run halfway through the season, weren't in the eight, you know, and then when we did win a few games, criticism of, you know, 
hadn't beaten a top four team, hadn't mm. beaten a top two team, and you just you guess kept chipping them away and beat Geelong at the MCG. Yeah, and I, I just think it's you know I look at Carlton and they made a commitment. Whatever they did halfway through the year, they've made a commitment to each other. And you hear the the vocabulary that comes out of the group around team and role and system, and they're just committed to it. Mm. And what's happened is they every little week they tick one off, it just has built the and galvanised them even more to the point now where you know you see a result like the weekend where even now when they look like they're done, they still believe mm. and they still can somehow find a way. And that's that's when you you know you've got something pretty special going on and. Um, you know, I, I think they're well and truly capable. The only question mark would be, will they run out of steam just because mm. they've been carrying this level of form for all well, three months now. So you think the brand stacks up? They can. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I think there is a criticism, you know, depending on who you listen to around their such reliance on clearance and stoppage and score from stoppage. But I think they've ad- added layers, you know, their ability to be able to defend the ground. And, and um, you know, I think what impressed me was their on turnover off half back, how quickly they moved the ball and exposed Melbourne uh, at times the other night. So I think they've got uh, enough strings to their bow mm-hmm. to, to absolutely challenge challenge Brisbane. And, um, you know, I think the one thing I really love is the dynamic of their midfield group. And uh, that that for me was the difference in the what, game the other what night. What about it? The strength or the, the outside parts? Or what Both. Do you think? I yeah. think, you know, obviously the joker in all of that was Walsh. Like oh. he was absolutely incredible. But his, his ability to be able to run the lines and, and from contest to contest just be that outnumber player. Chera not too dissimilar. I, feel, I just like the balance that they have. Mm. You know, Cripps and Hewitt as more big inside type players. And then they've got the run and skill of um you know of Walsh and Chera and mm. you add a couple of other guys Kennedy into that mix and and Holland's on a wing Acres on a wing you know I um you know, I, I really like the way they move the footy and they and they uh, in particular how damaging they are from the contest and stoppage banged up though that's the only concern so Acres who's pretty much taken them through this period. He was the match winner the week before, the match winner on this occasion. He's got the shoulder. You yep. know more about that than I. And yep. also Sammy Doherty as yep. well looked like he sort of had a, a dislocation or a sublax. Yeah, so the latest on this is that Carlton believe he will get up. It's it's obviously he's going to be playing under duress. There's going to be some um, a little jab there. I, think oh, a little, I don't think it'll be a little one. I think it might be a few of them. <laughs> Jungle <laughs> horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or horse tranquilizer. You just, I mean, Sammy Doherty, you know him. Um Incredibly well, Daisy. I mean, he's a guy who's overcome cancer. You know, he's yeah. shown so much spirit. You know, I think we're really, we're really all, all with him in this one. I don't think a sore shoulder is going to stop him from playing. His whole career is about this moment. Talk about resilience for a bloke who's dealt with a lot more things than a sore shoulder. And you saw that in that last passage of play. The shoulder's strapped up and probably can't even feel it. One arm. And he goes up ready to take whatever was coming and yep. then rolls and and effectively wins the game with the kick he puts inside 50. I agree. I think they have to roll him out yep. as long as it, you know, it isn't going to do any damage to him long-term, get yep. him out there and get involved. And yep. what are you hearing about uh, Acres? Is that similar? Yeah, he, he is sore, but again, I think they're going to try and uh, – So back. is that more AC than – or not sure? Uh, a stinger. They call, they're oh. calling it a stinger okay. at this stage, <laughs> so – um, who knows it's what that is? It's a technical term, but yeah. that sounds like it's, yeah. it's something along those lines, yeah. which you think the little jab, he'll be fine as yeah. well. But they, they do get Mackay back and Martin, Martin back. So yeah. the selection is going to be tough. So whether it's Cunningham, who might be unlucky, or one of the small forwards in, in uh, Owies or Fogarty potentially, but they've got options. No doubt uh, Akers and Doherty are going to be sore, but I tell you what, Michael Voss would be a brave man to keep them out. Akers for a discard. I mean, a bloke who. 
Oh. You know, essentially couldn't get a contract extension at, at Fremantle. What a what an astute piece of recruiting from in Nick Austin and the uh, crew. Jacob Weidering's got the all clear. I think he got a sore hand, so we'll keep an eye on that. How he's going at training this week, uh, but clear of concussion, cop the blow in the throat. But the concussion is cool at Collingwood. It's heartbreak for Taylor Adams, mm. so he'll be missing with a hamstring injury. The Magpie saying it is only minor. Taylor Adams put out an Instagram message yesterday saying thanks for your support. Look, fingers crossed I could be right potentially for a grand final if they get through. Geelong didn't take the um, the risk on Mac Holmes, Max Holmes with his hamstring. Would you be surprised if they went that way, if they go through? It's going to be hard for him, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's oh, going to be hard yeah. for him with 15, 15, days. 15 days. I think um, for mine it's just a straight swap. You bring Dacos in and, yep. um, and they roll on. Yep. Finals, it's all about the heartbreak, isn't it? There's stories every year. Preston Giacomo in our year selflessly mm. said, I'm not quite right to do it. Max Holmes last year as well. So, unfortunately, this year it's Tay's turn. And How emotional sucks. is it? If Presti says, I can't, is it the, the whole group feel that, obviously? You do. Yeah, they, you'd, no doubt you get a lift and whoever comes in really wants to perform as the rest of the group does because they've been with you and everyone knows that. Taylor Adams has been a big part of what the Pies have done, not just this year, but in the last three or four as well. So... For him to be missing, no doubt a little bit of his spirit will come into that group and uh, you try and yeah, get the best result possible. Who plays the 2023 grand final, boys? <sighs> I'm oh. still believing in the dream, Joe. Oh, can you imagine? Carl, oh, Carl, Carl, I, Carl, I, Carl, I, Carl, I hope so. I hope for that. That'd All the incredible. pressure goes to Brisbane this weekend up there. The Blues come in, the underdogs smack them around and off to the G we go. Melbourne, can you imagine a Carlton and Collingwood grand oh. final? It would be absolutely <laughs> enormous. Dale Thomas will be a busy man in grand final week. Thank you so much. For joining us on the Sunday Recovery on Triple M, it's been Nathan Jones, the superstar from Collingwood Carlton, Dale Thomas and Jay Clark. We will see you next week as we build up to the grand final Triple M Rocks Finals footy. This is Triple M footy Sunday Recovery. For Rehot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Finals footy.